I think the biggest opportunity is getting more drugs to market. I would say access to preventative care, access to screening. Providing opportunity for innovation. All cancers are different. It doesn't matter. Even in a patient, a cancer can be different. That's a few takes from Politico's Cancer Moonshot Mission Update event on Thursday, where we asked attendees what they thought would be the biggest cancer treatment innovation in the next five years. This is Pulse Check. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. White House pandemic chief Paul Frederick said this week that his office's biggest challenge is building public trust. Fredericks, who is the office's inaugural director, said that his office will also focus on the fall vaccination campaign, as well as restocking and boosting the strategic national stockpile to prepare for future pandemics. The FDA fined 22 retailers more than $19,000 each for continuing to sell unauthorized e-cigarettes. These e-cigarettes have the brand name Elf Bar and have sweet, fruity flavors that often appeal to minors. And this week, we gathered with the nation's top experts from industry and the federal government to hear how they plan to achieve President Biden's cancer moonshot goal of cutting the cancer death rate in half over the next 25 years. Daniel Payne is here to give a rundown of his key takeaways. But first, we'll hear from Dr. Julie Louise Gerberding, the CEO of the Foundations for the National Institutes of Health, on what cancer innovation she's most excited about. I think one of the areas that we're very excited about is our bespoke gene therapy work. This is addressing rare diseases, and there are many rare diseases, so obviously we're only touching the surface of them with gene therapies. But the point is not to solve all the problems. The point is to figure out how can gene therapy be made and manufactured according to a more standardized approach so that every small company that's got a great idea or could help a few patients benefits from the collective experience and the formalization of the manufacturing standards, and they don't have to invent that wheel themselves. Hey, Daniel, thank you for being here. Hey, Catherine, thanks for having me. So what other innovations were folks excited about on Thursday? There were a lot of new technologies that were discussed Thursday. Everything from imaging technology that makes surgery more efficient and more accurate and more effective to using mRNA technology to really tailor the immune system's response to cancer and hopes that that technology and maybe some of the other technology that is being discussed here for cancer research could be taken beyond. For example, the mRNA technology they were hoping could help with autoimmune diseases or even long COVID. There was also a ton of talk about what's happening across government and private sectors to improve care. Can you talk a little more about what's being done? Generally, the Biden administration, through its Moonshot Initiative, is really looking to fund research that maybe would get left behind by the private sector. So things that are really high-risk, high-reward targets. It's also helping to coordinate cancer treatment innovation across providers from far-flung parts of the country, all the way up to the agency level and everyone in between at academic research institutions and cancer centers and patient advocacy groups. So trying to get everyone on the same page and really help them to work together to make progress more efficient and faster. You know, the tech is really exciting, but it isn't the whole story. Are there some other changes that are being considered? The coordination among everyone is a big piece of this. And another big piece of this is equity and care. 
So making sure that clinical trials have diverse patient populations, that lots of patients have access to these cutting edge technologies, whether that's in a clinical trial or right immediately as they come to market. Something really interesting that I thought was brought up was the idea that there's so-called low-hanging fruit here, that there are a lot of treatments, a lot of screenings that are currently available that patients just don't have access to, that patient outcomes could really be improved quite significantly. One expert said up to 20% if we just made the current technology available to everyone. So equity is another big piece here. I want to talk more about equity. What else does that look like? So equity in and across these initiatives is really important, not only for patients. So, for example, making clinical trial care free could really open up and allow more patients to be a part of these trials and get newer treatments. That's important for patients, but it's also important for the quality of the data. So for research to really be able to be trusted and used in broad populations, they need to have diverse trial populations. There's also a sense that in this model, that ARPA-H announced earlier this week that information flows both ways. So patients at cancer centers all over the country or at clinics all over the country will be sharing information from their own experiences with the government, with research institutions, not just the other way around. So really trying to send data and learnings about cancer innovation back and forth both directions. Awesome. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us and for bringing us some of your key takeaways. Thanks so much, Catherine. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thank you for listening.